This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Joe Swinger, the founder of the Silver Linings Network, which he created to help others make the second half of their life the best life. It was Joe's own journey that changed him from being a boss from hell into a servant leader. Joe's transformation is now allowing him to be an incredible influencer and an everyday leader who is out to change the world. Start your personal growth journey today where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Joe Swinger, thank you for being a guest tonight on Everyday Leaders. Hey, I appreciate you having me on the show, Melanie. This is wonderful. We connected. I love to take people back. You reached out to me. You were starting a network, a Silver Linings Network, and you were looking to interview people that had these silver lining moments and these really great stories. And so you brought me into your vision, and, and I just have enjoyed your journey And I am really excited to share everything that you're doing because you are just an amazing guy. (laughs) So thank you. Thanks for coming on here and just spending a little bit of time with us tonight. Well, I appreciate that. I I, hopefully everyone else will find me amazing. Yes. (laughs) Well, Joe Swinger, so S W I N G E R. So if you are looking up on your phone and you're saying, okay, who is this guy? As I'm as people listen, you know, they always research. So I love to kind of push people into an area to say, okay, join us, close your eyes, join us with this podcast and follow along because what you're going to learn from Joe is how you pivoted. I love the story about how you pivoted in your life from from what you don't think is a leader, but really an influencer. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a lot of pivoting, but uh, I, I don't know if you mean the most recent one. Well, so many things, you know, we, we are kind of in the second part of our exciting life, right? We're in the part where we can create anything that we want because we've had success. And now when I look at the things that you've done, an author a coach, a mastermind expert. And I want to talk to you specifically about this this, um, concept of self-mastery leadership. 
So what that means to you and to share with our listeners, what is it to be a master of yourself? Well, self-mastery is really at the highest level of uh, owning yourself. And uh, Bob Proctor talks about uh, there's eight levels, I believe, and the top level is mastery. And and most of us never even reach that. I I, I think it's called uh, some people call it a level five leader. Uh, good to great, uh, you know, Jim Collins, I think he called it a level five. Mm-hmm. And it's really about becoming not just mastery of yourself, but your behaviors, your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs about the only things that we can control and taking 100% responsibility uh, for your life and in your leadership. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, that's what drives me nuts in today's uh, society is we do nothing but blame other people. And, and the first rule is you have to own 100% responsibility. And that's absolutely right, because so many people, and I study John Maxwell, I'm a certified uh, through John Maxwell, and he wrote a book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And so I, I talk about this all the time, because when I created this podcast, I thought about those 15 themes that really had influenced my thoughts. And when you talk about, you know, owning your life and thinking about how others are, chapter three, (laughs) which is the law of the mirror, it tells us that how we believe about ourselves is how we show up in the world. And so until we really understand that that we have self-worth and we have self-value and we're supposed to be, you know, adding value to others, man, it is a tough journey. And, And so walking through those five steps of leadership or five masteries of you know, your self-leadership, it's a tough road. And there's a lot of bumps on it, right? And it's not a straight line. It's not linear. Well, that's a- absolutely true. And I think you nailed it on the head with the self-worth issue. I was a manager from hell for probably five decades. <laughs> and upon reflection and transformation, it was really because I had low self-esteem and that came from my childhood, as most things do. Mm-hmm. I was raised and told I was a loser, and I, I flunked out of college. I was homeless. And as I went through my career in leadership, I was always defensive and argumentative. And I was like the command and control. I, I led by fear and intimidation. And only when I went within, and I, and my book is called Awaken the Magic Within. Mm-hmm. We have to go within to find the magic. And it is when I discovered that it was really my low self-esteem that drove everything. And when I started giving myself self-love and respect, I decided that I was going to go to work and be a motivational speaker. And I did that the very next day. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I Instead of it being all about Joe, it became all about the other person. How can I inspire them? How can I get them to aspire to be better than they think they can be? How do I give them empathy and show humility and transparency and all those things you read about on LinkedIn, but nobody ever does. And so that's really self-mastery to have all of that and be able to give yourself a command and, and direction and follow it, you know, mm-hmm. on days you don't feel like writing, you have to write on days. You don't feel like being at the office. You still have to be on top of your game because leadership is not a, 
an eight hour job. It's a 24 seven job. You, you can't be a leader for eight hours and go, then you're going to do the great work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's really what, when I train leaders, that's really what I try to focus on. What was that one moment, Joe, for you? What was the one moment that you realized, I am a manager from hell and I'm going to change? Well, I, I always got great results. I, I was a great manager who got results. I was in the retail industry. Uh, but as uh, the years wore on and, and things started happening in the business, the company did one of these associate surveys. It was one of the first times they had done it. And I found out that everybody hated me. You know, I was, I got a really low score and, you know, they, they all put the comments in there. Joe does, all Joe cares about is the numbers. And that, that was really what it was all about. And, you know, first off, I, I had to change if I wanted to keep my job. But second of all, I, I was sent to Grand, Junk, Grand Junction to run a store on the road. And I spent like, I think, 90 days in a hotel. And while I was there, it really ate at me that I thought I was doing great things for the people. I was doing great things for the company. And I realized everybody hated me. So something had to change. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, again, when I said it, I decided I was going to be a motivational speaker, I started going on the path and reading a lot of books. I took a hundred, I put down a hundred attributes on a whiteboard and I, I told myself, if I only could have seven, what would those be that would make me a great, not just a great leader, but a great person and great character? And I noticed that many of them stemmed, you know, kind of like a flow chart. Many of them came from the seven that are in my book. And so that's what I did. I started working on those. And then, like you said, it's a long journey with peaks and valleys and you you have to think about it in the beginning, you know, I'd lose my temper or whatever. And then, you know, I'd have to reflect later, but all of a sudden it just becomes who you are and you're that guy. You're that guy that always has empathy and compassion and tolerance and those kind of things. And so, yeah, you're right. It, it is a journey. It's like an Olympian. You decide on one day when you're watching the Olympics that in four years, you're going to be there on the ski slopes. But it's a long journey to get there, of course. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for you was one of the biggest trade-offs that you had to make to kind of pivot in, in that? Because when you're a leader and you that ego, right, you're like, I'm ruling the world. I'm hitting the numbers. I'm getting the awards. I'm doing all this. This is really great. I'm carrying the organization. And then you find out wow, I'm really not doing it the way it could be done for people to, to bring people with you, you know? And when you realize that's important to you, man, that's, that's really tough to kind of step back and say, okay, I'm going to learn a new way to do this and then, and then say, okay, I, but now I'm going to trade this off. Or I'm going to trade this off and I'm going to do this next. You're, uh, that's a great point. I think the ego does drive a lot of people, but one thing, because the ego kind of protects us, but another thing it does is it drives you to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't at the best I could be, then I had to find a way to get there and still maintain the numbers. 
And, and so what I ended up doing is I got great scores and extraordinary results. And I just didn't do it with my people. I did it by being a leader in the company. I would become a, a, a training manager. I would, you know, we had 700 stores and I'd call up other stores around the country that were struggling. I would call up the number one store that was beating me in something and say, hey, how are you doing it? You know, most of the time we want to protect our ego, but you show more leadership when you can reach out to somebody and ask, what are they doing great? And can they give you any pointers? So, so I did a lot of things like that. I took on sister stores and, you know, little by little, it wears down the ego. And then, you know what? You find out that things are going to be better mm-hmm. if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You start promoting your people. And so, again, it's, it's like going to the gym. You, you have to work out in the beginning and the results take time. Not only do the results take time, but your tolerance takes time, right? You, you may start with 20-pound weights and then you go to the 30s and 40s. I like to use the analogy of Dorothy with the Wizard of Oz. Her transformation started with the first step on the yellow brick road. And you know how that yellow brick road starts like that. uh, It's a a circle with a very little tip. (laughs) And then as she walked, it got bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden it became a road. And, you know, up ahead may have been the Emerald Kingdom, And I can't remember if she's even saw it, but she had to go on that journey. And there were monkeys and witches and, and, uh, you know, the poppies that put him to sleep, a lot of dangerous things, but you got to be on that road. And as those things come up, you learn to assimilate them into your skill set, and, you know, just continue on the journey. But what she learned is that she always had the power within her. And as leaders, we always have the power. We like to say we got we have a bad manager or a bad, you know, vice president or bad employees. But once you take 100% ownership of your leadership ability, that's when the magic happens. That's when the magic happens. It's like, okay, this VP may be, you know, a hard-nosed guy, but what can I do, even though he's my leader, so I could still do my job and in the best way possible. That's when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. It is about adding value when you talk about Dorothy. <laughs> and I think about, here's the Tin Man, here's the Lion, right? Here's Toto. All of those characters, they played a part in her life because they had to show up as they were. She had to accept them as they were. And then she learned that they had something to give her. They had value to add to her life. And, and so that story, I just love that you brought this up because I love The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and, and it really does. You know, it says, what are you looking for within your heart that you always had? Because now when you find the wizard, he's just behind a curtain with a bunch of buttons, right? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I put all my energy into finding this when it was right here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh- what I found out is that instead of everything being Joe, Joe, Joe on the job, I started thinking, how can I incorporate the people to build their self-worth in their job? Because many people are, you know, they're unhappy on their job. And, and I found out who was willing to step up, who had great talent. And I ended up building just great teams. And my team's would come to me with ideas and rather than shoot them down, I would say, Hey, you know, that, that sounds pretty good. Let's, let's go ahead and put it into play. 
And uh, if it doesn't work, then no harm, no foul. And we would have teams on projects. And so I became known as somebody that would really innovate things. I'd come up with all these ideas for the company. And, and really, it was like my people were a think tank. It was like a little incubator that we would come up with ideas and then they would transform my store and we would roll them out. But it was really it's the inspiration of the people that really wanted to do things and gave them so much self-worth and then put them in leadership positions. So that, that's the beauty of the whole thing. It's, it's not a, a one-shot deal. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-shot deal. And and I want you to talk a little bit about this concept that that so many of my guests talk about, and it's you know it's talk it's just the design, right? So you're talking about what you learned, and then you designed it for a different outcome because you knew if you put more energy into a different way, and you really wanted to add value to these people and be a mentor to them, then that would change the whole game. That would that change your outlook. That changed the success of the company. And it changed how you valued what you did every day. And so that's kind of this process that many people that are stuck, especially during COVID-19, Joe. So think about the people that have been in cubicle jobs, have been unhappy. COVID has given them an opportunity to think, hmm, how would I go back and do that differently? Right? Even if I have to go back into that environment soon or I've just started, you know, going back into these cubicle environments, that... I can show up differently. I can choose to decide to to step out of that ego, to um, maybe create the teams differently, maybe to have ideas, bring ideas to the team that are differently that then then you can support and follow through on and have a whole new environment and energy around what you do. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, First off, I want to say, I go back to what you said about Dory, they having helpers. And, and you're really right. But we need, we need, as a leader, you need a mentor. You need somebody that's up above you. And, our, and the ground level associates, like in a retail store, they need a mentor. And, and so it, it's very important that, that, that companies promote those kind of things, because many companies don't. And uh, especially in retail, there's not a, they just don't spend time on that kind of thing unless it's kind of an enlightened company. Mm -hmm. But I like what you're saying about the COVID. People have to manage differently. And there's a huge remote workforce now. And if you have trouble inspiring your people face-to-face, then you're really going to be challenged when you're doing it over Zoom or remotely or whatever. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. This is the greatest opportunity in years for people, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're, a leader at a company, because if you could, like you said, pivot, if you could pivot your leadership skills, your thinking skills, your creativity, the way you engage people and inspire people, you could be a hero if you're in a company, or you could transform your business, because I'm busier than I've ever been, in, and I've been out of corporate uh, jail for a year now, and... <laughs> But I <laughs> that's how it I'm feels, doesn't it? Man, I tell you, every single person that's listening to this right now is like, oh my gosh, that is what it feels like. Take these handcuffs off. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And uh and and so you really people are waiting for normal or the new normal. And I, I like what Jack Canfield calls it. He said it's the better normal. Is that 
thing you you have to like move. So whatever is happening now, what can you do now to really innovate, become a, a thinker, you know, the influencer, like, like people like to say, and make things happen using technology, because that's what a lot of people are doing now. We can't do face-to-face. So you're seeing a lot of things out there. And, and quite frankly, there's a lot of people taking advantage of it too, and maybe really don't have the skill set. I, I believe people have to earn the right. And even as a leader at the company, I would always earn the right to lead other people or, or lead a workshop and those kind of things. So if you didn't have very good workshop skills face-to-face, you might be challenged with this, uh, Zoom. But again, we're, this is the time to build skill sets, do training, uh, do reading, do, uh, you know, a lot of people are doing uh, Zoom happy hours. Even that's a good way to do it. I don't know. Get your background. A lot of people, their dress doesn't look good. Their backgrounds look terrible. You know, just, there's just a lot to work on to get your your game up to speed. Mm-hmm. And that is all about it, right? If you take a look at how you're showing up, and so, you know, maybe you didn't, um, you know, get dressed appropriately for a Zoom meeting because you're like, oh, it's just Zoom, it doesn't matter. But it is all about the mindset, right? So if you're still working from home and you need to really kind of up your up level your game, you're still having these really important meetings with clients and, uh, you know, potential um, investors and things that are going to really push your business to the next level, that this is where you have to show up. You have to really show up and be prepared and not just treat it as a family Zoom call, right? <laughs> but it is it is about moving um, more casually, but still being able to have that energy around, you know, what do we have to, what are our results going to look like? And you are a results-oriented guy. You always have gotten results. And so I love how you're just speaking into this today because there are so many people that are, you know, really changing, uh, trying to change what they're doing or how they're doing it because they've had so much time to think about it. And it is really critical to their happiness, their ultimate happiness for the next part of their life. I don't care if they're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, you know, it's uh, this COVID thing is, is affected everybody in the world. So no one uh, can escape <laughs> the uh, all of the lessons that we've learned here in the last 25 weeks. Yeah, a lot of it. So we to go back to self-mastery. I, I'm seeing a lot of behaviors now that I wouldn't see at corporate. You know, people missing Zoom calls, mm-hmm. coming on late, long meetings, you know, and, and I called a, peop, a few people out, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and and they would say, well, other people understand. And I said, yeah, but under people aren't trying to be a world-class coach or trainer. If you're having a meeting, you, you wouldn't do this at corporate. You shouldn't do it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, so back to your point, it's just Zoom. It, it really isn't. It, it's still your character and your brand mm-hmm. and and. And so how do we work differently now? Well, here's another thing on LinkedIn. Most of us are on LinkedIn. We have a pretty good network. And this is the best time to reach people on LinkedIn. People like CEOs, CMOs, uh, those kind of people, you, you couldn't even reach in a normal environment. Everyone now is on LinkedIn and 
they're, they're at home or they're not at least flying around the country and you could reach out to them with emails. And, and so that is what I'm working and a lot of people are working. And, and so I don't mean filling people with spam because I get a ton of that. You know, everybody <laughs> wants to get me on a phone call, but it's about building your community, know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. giving people value. And, and so like I do with the Silver Linings Network, uh, people that are in the second half of life, I try to help them live the VIP life of vibrancy, impact, and purpose. So while I may not be in corporate, I'm still a leader. And so how do I give people vibrancy when they're at home, like you said, for 25 weeks or they lost their job? Mm-hmm. And, and so those are the kind of things that you help people with. Or how do you make an impact now you're not training in front of people anymore. You're not going to conferences mm-hmm. until so people are really out of sorts. And so here's the thing. It's, it's easy to say change, but people are filled with self-limiting beliefs. They're filled in anxiety. They're filled with fear and they're, they're filled with paralysis because they, they don't know what to do or they're afraid to take a risk. And so I think a lot of that is really stopping a lot of people too. Even though you think most people would have figured it out by now. Mm. You know what? I think a lot of people waited Mm -hmm. because they thought things were going to get better. (laughs) Well, we're coming to the hard part now because they canceled football season, college football. (laughs) So, yeah. So game on now. Well, exactly. It's like, what do you do? Right. And that I was talking to somebody else the other day about this is the first couple of weeks, even the first couple of months, we were all like, I got this. There were so many other activities that were happening People were still teaching their kids at home at school and you were moving your offices home and, you know, you were like, okay, I can deal with this for till June, maybe, right? I can, I can deal with that. Now that we heard, oh, it may go into the fall and October and November, people were really doubting that that would really be reality. And so now that here it's August, uh, when we're having this conversation and things are starting, the, the cycle of colleges are going back and with restrictions. And, and there's so many things that we haven't done this before in the fall. So we're learning this new skill. But I want you to, st- to speak into what are the strategies that you are telling people and your clients to try to do? If they've never done it before, what's going to get them through this next six months with, you know, with confidence and being consistent in something? What's that one thing that you would recommend that they do? Well, first off, what you said that we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. I I think that's true. People thought it was it was a couple of week vacation. It was it was kind of cool, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, most people don't want to go back. But what I'm telling people. (laughs) We we have. uh, So what is it? about a little more than four months left in 2020 to 2021. And and so you cannot waste the next four months or the next six months. So you still have to put together a plan for where you want to be in those six months. So what I do is when I, you know, meet somebody new, I first try to ask them where they are, what have they tried? What hasn't worked? Where do they want to be? Then you put together a plan on how to get there because Uh, that's really the start of it. And then you work backwards like a movie. So when you write a movie, you write the ending and then you work back as to how do you get to that ending? And, and so, uh, you know, 
we have 100, what about 130 days left? If you wrote a page a day in a book, you'd have a 130 page book. You know, a six months is a 180 page book. You could lose many pounds in six months. And, and so if you wanted to start a business, you could put a strategy plans, but you, you have to keep moving forward, structure your day. And it's pretty well thought out there that a great day is about five hours. If you're an entrepreneur, uh, four to five hours, you, you really can't put in a lot, but if you could package in content in those five hours, creating content, creating strategy, you could take the rest of the day off to relax or to do creative thinking and those kind of things. But it's, it's just critical. Uh, so what do we have like 20 hours a week? Uh, if it's five hours, so 25 hours a week, those are really your prime time hours. And most people do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. Another thing I tell them to do, they have to work on rituals. 99% of successful people have rituals. Most people that are struggling do not. And by that, I mean, you have to have a morning routine, some kind of movement, whether that's uh, cardio, like I do kickboxing every morning. Uh, some people like to do yoga. Some people meditate. Some people journal. Uh, some people walk. But there should be something to get you going in that zone to really start your day. And then do you know? some people like to do 10, 20 minutes of gratitude. Now, a lot of this stuff sounds like a waste of time to people, but it's really a fundamental building block. And if you do that for a day, you're going to have a pretty good day. And if you can extend that to a week and two weeks and three weeks, pretty soon, like consistency, like your podcast, it's a tremendous success. But that's because you've been doing it for 100 and some episodes. You, you have to do it every day, every week. Mm-hmm. You have to show up, right? You have to commit. You have to show up, and you really do have to be consistent because people—the people that are starting podcasts or they're starting this idea of like, oh, now I'm in my basement and I've got this great idea. My wife and I are going to start something new, or we're going to start talking about, you know, um, going not being experts about Hawaii because we always love Hawaii. <laughs> something, you know, any idea that you have is not crazy it, because you are the expert because you love that. And so making that plan, like you said, how do you do that new thing and then show up into it? And you've, you've, you've make the plan and you do it every single day and you just draw it out. What does it look like to you? And so I love that because people start thinking of real creative themes. They start, you know, using their energy in a different way and they don't get so hung up on, you know, how many more days are we going to have to be quarantined and get into all these other sidebar noise conversations on social media. It's like, stay focused on your goal, stay focused on your plan, and you can be successful too. And and that's the challenge of this COVID because we've all had that breaking point and we've all said, okay, enough is enough. I'm just so doggone depressed. I just want to go out and have a pizza at my favorite pizza restaurant and I can't do it because it's closed. <laughs> and, and so, you know, taking control again of what we can take control of is going to help us figure out the rest of it, whatever that looks like. Yeah. That's what you said about the social media noise and the meat and, and the regular media. You have to shut off the, what I call the white noise 
and listen to that voice in it within. And for that, you need some solitude and some quiet moments to really think about what, it, what do you really want to do? And then you want to take inspired, decisive action towards that. Now, I think a lot of people, and if we're talking about what I call the silver liners, you know, people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, mm-hmm. a lot of them, again, have those self-limiting beliefs, I'm too old to start now, or I don't know what to do. The how, you got the time, money, and how, those are the big three. And then, you know, you throw in the fear and the doubts and all that other stuff. But, but here's the thing. In the first half of life, we're just trying to figure out what we want to do. And all those failures and disappointments and bad relationships and flunking out of college and all that, all that becomes your wisdom in the second half. That is really your gold where it becomes your scars and your wounds and say, look at what I've been through. And this is now is going to be my message to help people in whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, not everybody has a, a big purpose. They may just want to grow old with grandkids. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to make an impact. They may just want to volunteer at some places. But still, you have to have something. And I think one of the biggest things about this COVID is that human beings like to look forward to things. And that's what's been taken away. It's not just going to the pizza place. It's looking forward to the pizza place, Mm -hmm. looking forward to Friday's happy hour, looking forward to that vacation in three weeks, you know, looking forward to, you know, going somewhere for a weekend. I I mean, especially in the summertime. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we all do. And, you know, communicating, hey, what are you going to wear? You know, where do we want to go, you know, for the for happy hour, the girls night out? All that has been taken away. And and really, that is why you were seeing such a rise in depression and anxiety and and all those things, those little moments of joy. And and I think people are trying to do more with the family and, and, and do what we can. But, you know, I went to a movie every Friday night. And I know other people that have done it. And it's like, good movie, bad movie, you were going to go and have popcorn and those kind of things. And, and that's wiped out. Right. You know, so you do Netflix, but, you know, it's it's a, a substitute. Right. It's not the same. And that those are the trade-offs that we've all taken that we, if we look back and reflect and do journaling on it, we say, okay, well, it's okay. And And what I've learned from that or what I've gained from it is now you have more family time, you know, it, and so... That's a good thing to be able to say, what are the things that you've been missing? And and so that's where I think, you know, again, your name for the Silver Linings Network, the things that you're trying to help people to say, really remember these times, remember the good and remember the things that you can step into that that do create this lining of protection really around the things that you love. And And so I love this. Uh, I love what you're doing, Joe. I think it's so important for people to connect to you because you're such an inspiration. And uh, and I just love having you here and, and just really discussing all these super important topics because you have been where you you can teach people. <laughs> and for the last year being an entrepreneur, you know, you're just putting every all your resources into play. And, uh, and so you can walk right along with everybody else on this journey. So thank you very much. Tell uh, tell our listeners again 
How can they reach out to you? I can be reached at Joe at joeswinger.com. And my website is joeswinger.com. Or if you want to join our Silver Linings Network Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Silver Linings Network group. And I would love to have any anybody listening and put in, you know, your silver linings. What is What have you been doing during this time that's really been great? Because one day we're going to look back on this as the, as the good old days, I'm sure. Isn't that the truth? The time that we had to reflect and remember everything that, that was really we thought was bad, right? We look back and say, this is what really got us through us. And it, it gave us a whole different perspective. So... Thank you, Joe, for all you do. Uh, thank you, Mountie. And I, I, I love what you're doing with, with your podcast. Thank you. Well, come back, and, and you're a friend of Everyday Leaders always. So come back and keep us posted on what's going on in your journey. I will. Thank you very much. This has been a Joe Ake Studios production.